This week on For Crying Out Loud. Hey, let's get down to the bottom of Allison. <clears throat> because Allison, we know, we hear Adam <laughs> talk and talk. Don't worry, Adam's talk. not going to listen to this. Don't show. worry. And I just talked about our fight in the first show. So, oh, I want to have heard that. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, yeah, so don't worry. But uh, I want to. I want to get down to the bottom, like, because we get to hear. We hear Al. I mean, we hear Allison on the show, but she's funny and she's adding to the show and the humor and stuff to bring the news and stuff but we never get to at well first of all adam never really interviews his guests to begin with it let alone has he ever talked to allison or brian but let's get down to the bottom now yeah check out an all-new episode of for crying out loud this friday or go to cryingoutloudshow.com only from corolla digital This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little mixed berry cobblers. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, a few words. One, mixed berry cobblers is an homage to Gary's recent vacation where evidently he ate his weight in cobbler. Mixed berry was his favorite. He also enjoyed pineapple, in case you're wondering what kind of cobblers Gary enjoys. Secondly, please see Allison Rosen as your new best friend live at Nerdmelt Theater this Thursday, August 9th. Yes, August 9th. For a second, I doubted myself. Not going to do that anymore. Guests are Pete Holmes, who's hilarious, and musical guest Michael Rosas, who is wonderful. Okay, come out to that, and you can get more information and tickets and whatnot. AllisonRosen.com. And I believe we have some iTunes comments of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. All right. We have two iTunes comments of the week this week. The first one is from Bruckle Sprout, and it's titled, Podcast That I'd Take If I Was on a Deserted Island. I really enjoy the show, and when the podcast updates, I always bump it up to the top of my list. Allison is personable, honest, and in my opinion, seems very genuine. I really like how the show just flows like a conversation. It makes the hour and a half seem too short sometimes. On a side note, a while ago, Allison asked what was cuter, ducklings, puppies, or human babies? I'd like to propose that whatever the answer is, it's definitely not human babies. I'm with you. Human babies sometimes grow up to be like the total jerks that leave all those unnecessarily venomous one- and two-star comments. Thank you! Last time I checked, ducklings and puppies do not grow up and become a-holes. So true. That's of sage words. All right. And our second and final iTunes comment is from Monique Rajuli. But just so you guys know, it's not like we only got two iTunes comments. It's just like we got so many that we're only choosing two, ones that I found especially amusing. Okay. And if I just mispronounced your last name, I'm very sorry, Monique. But it is titled, Simultaneously the Bee's Knees and the Cat's Meow. I like where that's going. And that's hard to do because, you know, those are two totally different animals. If this podcast were a person, I would want to cuddle with it and then nap with it. Our <laughs> limbs intertwined in a pretzel of awesome goodness. And then we would wake up and go to brunch. And it totally wouldn't judge me and totally wouldn't judge me for having bl- four Bloody Marys because it understands me. It gets me. It seems... It sees to my very core and wants me to be happy. It does. If I were an Olympic gymnast, I would get a 16.833 on the vault. That sneaky French judge would take a deduction for the very slight hop on the landing, but there would totally not be any hop. Oh, the corruption. Shenanigans, we would all yell. In summary, Allison Rosen is your new best friend is the exact opposite of anal leakage. 
I, I could not say it better myself. Thank you very much, Monique. And uh, I'm sorry that you got dinged for the little hop at the end. That's a bunch of bullshit. But I enjoyed your comment. And I would like to enjoy your comment, not your Monique comment, but your person listening's comment. So how about you leave a comment on iTunes? You know, just if you want, no pressure, no big deal or anything. Okay. Anyway, um, I want to tell you guys about Squarespace. Let's say you're designing a website and let's say you're frustrated because you have to do all this coding stuff and blah, 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 and you do this and you don't know how your website's going to look and no more of that, I say. With Squarespace, you can just drag and drop. And I say drag and drop because other people have said that when I say drag and drop, it sounds like I'm saying drag and drop, like Pete's Dragon, which is a wonderful movie, but it's not what I'm saying. Drag and drop, and you'll know instantly where your you know box that's going to pull in your Instagram feed or your various social media feeds are going to go, or where the photos are going to go, or where um, you know their block of text or any of that stuff. It's amazing, and it looks really the all the templates from Squarespace look really good, and they automatically re, you know Gary explained the resizing part. Yeah, they rescale for different devices. So that's right, you know, rescale. if you go and look at a, a website on your computer, it may appear one way, but when you on your iPhone or your iPad, it may not look as good, you know, if you're using that same website. But with Squarespace, they automatically scale it so that when you go on an iPad, the website recognizes, hey, this person's coming from a tablet, and it'll move things around so that it's a more pleasing display for someone on a tablet. And we have a few fans who have already been using yes, this. Yes, we do. And who have been tweeting me about how awesome and They've easy it is. Me. And, you know, this is there's nothing greater than that because these are people who are unsolicited just telling us how awesome it is, and I totally agree. I, I've been playing around with it and just messing with it kind of to uh, – screw with my mind over all the coding work I used to do back in high school. I know. And it just, it frustrates me so much. But, you know, it's awesome. It makes you think, why why didn't they come up with the ability to do this ages ago, though? Yeah, exactly. It's like, how for, for, you know, seemingly pennies, you could have saved me years of my life. That's right. Although, really, what would you have done with those years? Nothing good. No offense, Gary. Just would have eaten cobbler. For a free trial, go to squarespace.com forward slash best friend sign up for a free account no credit card needed just try it out and start building your website then if you decide to purchase it use the offer code best friend seven and get 10 percent off your first purchase on new accounts which includes monthly and annual plans and don't forget about your free domain registration with annual plan subscriptions which is quite a bonus that's squarespace.com forward slash best friend and use the offer code best friend seven Forget about your six other best friends. Old number seven. That's the one you want. And by the way, current Squarespace customers can convert their accounts and content to the new Squarespace whenever they choose to, or they can keep their site in the current Squarespace code. All right, you guys. On this episode, we have none other than Greg Proops, whom I am a huge fan of uh, and I really enjoy talking to. And here is that episode. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison Rosen, your new best friend, and my guest on today's Allison Rosen is your new best friend is none other than comedian Greg Proops. Hello, Greg. Hi, Allison, how are you? I'm good, you oh, people. Excuse me. I'm doing better than you. <laughs> I'm coughing a little. It would seem, yeah. yeah. 
You guys may know Greg from his uh, awesome podcast, Smartest Man in the World, or The Smartest Man in the World, to be to be fair. Yes, it is The Smartest Man. Right. And the show Trust Us With Your Life, and you may remember him from Whose Line Is It Anyway, and the Nickelodeon show, and the title of that, I am forgetting. True Jackson VP. You remembered I was on a Nickelodeon show. I remember that I read you were on a Nickelodeon show. Wow. But you don't have any chillins of your own. No, I don't. Ah. But what is that show? It was on for a couple of years. It was on Nickelodeon. Uh, it was a show for who is their crowd? Like nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Sure, yes. That's who would come. Little kids would come. We shot it live at Paramount. Oh, cool. We were the only live sitcom on the lot, and I really enjoyed doing it. I played the boss, and I was kicky. Uh, so <laughs> I tried to do all the uh, the sixties and seventies characters that I saw on TV because I mm-hmm. have no imagination of my own. So I right, would do I get that from you. Yeah, yeah. I would do uh, Gail Gordon from the Lucy Show. You know the one. Oh, Mrs. Carver. You know, like <laughs> so I'd come in and I go, "Hello, true," like that. And because it was a kid show, you're allowed to be that big. Mm-hmm. And I played a fashion designer, so for me it was fun because I convinced the costumer early on. Who the lovely lady, uh, Allison, and her name was Allison, too. How did she spell it? Uh, two L's. Ugh, that's okay. You're one L. I'm one L, but, you know, I wasn't in charge of it, so. No, you're Allison. She's Allison. Right, she's Allison, yeah. Yeah, Allison. Yeah, well, I'm exactly. Greg G, not Greg G. I don't like the two there's G's at the end. There's not that many Greg No, there isn't, but there's enough to, that people get confused on it. And also my last name, which is just a, a complete semantic cesspool in every literal metaphor. People misspell proofs? Uh, they, they don't want to say it. They're, if they see is it, because it it's close to poop. Yeah, they'll go. Po- they'll say props, and I'll be like, okay, whatever. That's like people who pronounce Uranus, Uranus, Uranus. Yeah. But you can say Uranus technically. Oh, really? Yeah, like Himalayas or Caribbean. Yeah. Ugh. See, <laughs> once again, hoist on my own petard. <laughs> Because I had Dave Holmes on my podcast the uh-huh. other day, and we were talking about um, grammar and punctuation errors in texts and emails and things that bother us, mm. and started out fine. But then he started saying, like, you know, and you know what else bothers me? When someone says, and then he'd, like, say something. Was it Caribbean? No, it wasn't. Oh. But he'd say something where I was thinking, I don't, okay, I don't know what's wrong with that exactly, and I think I might say that sometimes. <laughs> and then, But then I didn't want to admit it, so yeah. I had to be like, oh, yeah, that really bothers me. And then I just was, like, thinking extra hard about everything that was coming out of my mouth and all the errors that were probably in it. I should have never gone down that road. And now with you, you know all the correct, you know, alternate pronunciations of things. Well, I might know that, but grammar's not my uh, fort. Uh, the, <laughs> the one that everybody mispronounces is often. It's often, not often. Oh, that's, the, the, I tend to drop my T's, the T's, actually. The T's not uh, pronounced, is my understanding. Uh, you, may, you may catch me out on that one, but uh, people always say often, and then people always say, like, Oh, I don't know. They they always put extra letters in junk. They do. You know what? You can let it bother you, or you could. You know, on the, on my podcast came up the Oxford comma, which is eats, shoots, mm-hmm. and leaves. You know that right. comma. Yes. And I was like, you guys, and it turned into a riot in the audience. People started hectoring each other and screaming. And then someone yelled out, "I don't give a fuck about an Oxford comma," which I thought was a declaration at this yeah. point of like all it's of a sudden there's going to be like right, Le Miz and a red flag comes up and. <laughs> And, and then I realized it was a song. Someone tweeted me afterward and went, hey, Dolt. They were quoting a song by Vampire Weekend where they say we don't give a fuck about it. So then it carried on that I'd forgotten that. And then we went back to, you know, so Which people get so serious about it. Of I, it are you on? I'm lax. I, to me, the majesty of English, if there is any majesty in it at all, not is much. the fucking flexibility. Yeah. I can say why you don't go here. And meet me. And you know exactly what I mean. I didn't have to say, why don't you meet me at the place where you, you don't have to put the, the pronoun before the object. Right. You can put it anywhere you want. And we all know how it works. 
Is it nice to speak it well? Yes, I think it is. And I, I lean on the language all the time. For me, it's everything. Uh, all, I have, all I can do is make up words, really. I have no material plastic skills. Like, you know, Adam could, like, nail boards together if he had to. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Too much Jewish blood on one side. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, a fan of words as well. Yeah, I think they're fabulous. Uh, but I, I don't get – the thing that when people text you is they don't use any grammar at all. Right. So, and twos and fours and yous and smiley faces just make me laugh because I feel like I'm nine again. You know. Do you use emoticons? Uh, no. Every once in a while, ironically. <laughs> there was so much, so much uh, derision in the way you said no. And I'm on your side of it yeah. as well. Although – Also my wife a heart or something, you know. Okay. Oh, so you do. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to like send my buddies like, right. hey, dude, you want to go to the Dodger game? Smiley face. LOL. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I am wondering, are you on Instagram? I'm not. I'm, I'm a very late comer, a late adopter mm. to Instagram. But how do you use all the little emoticons on Instagram? Gary, do you know? Producer Gary, welcome I, to the show. I Hi. have no idea. Hi, guys. I have no idea. Hi, Gary. Um, oh. I... I only I have an Instagram account, but never use it, and I would never use an emoticon. Right, because I have a LinkedIn account, and I have no idea what it is or how it works. All I know is everybody wants to join me on my LinkedIn. Yes, me too. Same. And I don't want to spend time doing anything with LinkedIn. But on Instagram, people will use the little emoticons to like to to convey a whole sentence without any words, just I pictures. Just, I think you just like, use um, the emoticons on your iPhone. Isn't it? Uh, I didn't know there were emoticons oh. on my iPhone. Actually, oh, there's a. There's a whole library. You download this one thing. It's very simple. I'll show you how to do it. And it gives you, like, literally, I don't know, close to a thousand different emoticons. Would you then use them? No. You know why? Because I will use them ironically, right. and it, but it, that won't be conveyed. Yeah. And so I'll just seem like that person that I would prefer to make fun of. <laughs> as you know opposed how. to the honest emoticon user. Exactly. The as opposed to the, the earnest and honest emoticon user. And there's only one thing I forbid, or I don't forbid, but I, I've mentioned uh, that I don't like exclamation points. I think they're superfluous. Mm. Obviously, if something's really exciting, you don't have to put – and then two or three is just hilarious. Then we're into like childhood writing. You well, might as well put the end at the end of your letter. You know, I <laughs> – Right. Or that like that squiggle with the two lines through it. I do. What is that? What is that? I'm going to draw it. This is going to really come alive for the people listening. It's that. Yeah. What is that, though? I always do do it at the end of things. How do we describe it for the people listening? I have no idea what it It is. It looks like a like a wavy line with an 11 on it. Yeah. But what? But I wonder, like, what's the or it's like a is it a musical notation dollar sign? Right. It's a sideways dollar sign with two hash marks. through it. It does look like notation. That's so funny. Musical notation. I've never thought about it of myself, but I do it without thinking. I'll put it at the end of things. See, my mom's from Northern California, and that's where you're Maybe from. Is it a Northern that. California thing? I, I don't even remember who taught it to me. And I remember learning cursive with a giant right. pad and, you know, the whole enchilada. And my cursive's terrible. I write in block you, letters. You do? Yeah. Doesn't it take you forever signature. to write then? Yeah. But, my, but I can read it then. See, my writing has become illegible, and I always feel pressed for time when I'm handwriting something yeah. out. Yeah. Okay, Gary Allison just, just went silent because I just threw up a picture on the screen. Of, this is one of the emoticons that comes in the iPhone package of emoticons. There's about a million of them, it feels like. Is that like. supposed to be the chocolate ice cream, Mr. Whippy Good Times? Or I guess is it so. supposed to be a small... It looks like a steaming pile with that's, eyes. That's what I was going to say. That's what we all use it as. That's what me and my friends use it as. That's the only emoticon I'll really ever use. Except Yeesh. every now and then a simple, basic smile. But that's fucking great, as far as I'm concerned. Well, see... That it is good. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I'm trying to tell my friend that he is a steaming piece of 
I mean, that's... Yeah, that pretty much states it right out, doesn't it? It, it cuts a lot of the legwork out for me. Right. <laughs> the legwork. Efficient. <laughs> I'm trying to save time over here, I was going to say, you're man. you got stuff to, you have shit to do. I do. Exactly. Now, see, with the exclamation point, and then I have a question that's not just based around grammar and punctuation. Um, I used to regard the excessive exclamation points like I did emoticons, which is I'm not going to be part of that whole thing that you people are over uh, that you people are abusing. Yeah. But because I had made the, de- the declaration that I don't use emoticons, I felt like I had to somehow make my emails friendlier mm-hmm. and perkier. And that led to like, if I just say hi, that just sounds like this. Hi. Yeah. Whereas if I say otherwise, it's like, hi. And uh, it backfired, though, because I'm because in person, someone was like, you're so much smilier on the computer. Right. Or no, he didn't say smiler. You seem so much happier on the computer. Or so yeah. I don't know what it was. Like in real life, I'm not a super like, hey, woo. But my emails are because I use a lot of exclamation points. And at some point, I started using multiple exclamation points. And now I hate myself. Right. Now you're using two and three at the end of sentences. See you Tuesday. If, yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday is the day we're seeing. Oh, yes, I but get it. But then I got like, someone said to me something like, hey, great podcast. Yeah. And I was like, that strikes me as insincere, actually, because right. of all the excessive exclamation. Can we just get back to basics, people? I uh, The thing is, emails are tricky that way in texts because you can't tell the emotion they're sent with. Sometimes they're terse, like I'll say thanks. Right. But and, I mean thank you. Yeah. But then you think maybe I should actually take the extra two seconds and spell out thank you. Or does it sound too terse to go? You know, you know you're the ones you've gotten and you go. Hey, hey, hey. Right. What did I do? Yes. Right? Those- well, if you ever say please in an email, uh-huh. that never – like, could you please blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. Even the way I said it sounded right. sort of like, for the last time, could you yeah. – so I don't know how – Once and for all, will you pl- please respond to right. <laughs> Is how, What's a polite usage of please? Uh, I would put it at the beginning, like you said, or right in the middle there. Would you please? Can you please? But I think that still has the the potential to sound snarky. Well, then, but you don't want to go the other way because I'll do that too. I'll go like, if it's not too much trouble, or I don't mean to be a pain. I do that a lot. And then, th- then that's like, why don't you just state it's your like, case? Bang, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> state what you want, yeah. and I'll say yes or no. But a lot of people don't deal on that basis, as you know. People are tricky. I've actually that's something in my life I've had to try to be much more direct. And when people are indirect with me, it drives me kind of insane. Yeah. Even if. Here's, but I mean, like in my in my in my relationships and things, if they're being indirect because they're trying to be polite, or they're trying not to make me feel pressured, or they're trying to spare my feelings or something, I still react in a kind of negative way because I feel like it's I feel like they're um, almost being deceitful. Mm-hmm. Like I have a very strong emotional reaction to it. Too much. What right. about you? If they're not direct with you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, pr- I don't like passive aggressive. That's where, as my friend right. Jeff Davis used to say, I'd like a little more aggressive with my passive aggressive. <laughs> I don't like the, is Tuesday good? Well, if it's all right with you, you know, we'll all try to, no, 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 no. Right. No. Just say it's not good. Yeah. No, it's not. Let's try Wednesday. That's not good. Let's move to another day. We're all grown ups and we can all kind of just. Yeah. It's weird. When I send emails, I always start from the position that this person is going to assume that I'm mad at them and I'm trying to soften it. And I don't know why. I usually am. Really? Is you, that the only thing I usually you am mad for? at you when you start <laughs> oh, emailing me? So yeah. It's a good assumption. Do you email Gary okay. Furious emails? 
No, but I emailed she Jerry says please, copious She emails. says please a lot, and I'm now wondering if she's just being completely insincere. Disingenuous. Yeah. yeah. Please. Like, can you please finally get around to those JMOs? <laughs> hey, lazy ass. I wonder, hey, could you please do your job when around I, here? Stoic I, tall bastard. <laughs> yeah. Come I've down off your mouth. I've been accusing him of being stoic lately uh-huh. because he's kind of um, stoic yeah. and doesn't let us know a lot of what goes on in the Gary personal life. The GPL. Well, we want, we can't have that in California. You have to share and care, brother. We care about your feelings, man. I appreciate that, Brogan. I'm Thank trying you. To, I'm trying to keep it paused, but you know, gotta know. have a little something for yourself. Hey, keep something in reserve. You know, you got you got to leave a little mystery. I hey, feel like put it all out there and then uh, just make more when you need to. It's yeah. not a zero sum game. Yeah, you work on not uh, not reading those comments. I'll work on that. I have been not re- okay. I know. Anyway, so I'm going to read comments and they make you furious. Well, I've I haven't been doing it as much lately. Don't read them. I do it too. It's terrible. You do. Uh, yeah, but it's it. You compulsively go. Well, I'll just look, and then someone says something bloody horrible, and you're like, right. "That's the day. That's the day." And you're like, "That was so random. If I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't know." Yes, it it only exists in my computer. Thank you. Right. Well, so I've stopped actually. Yeah. No, you can't. Um, for the most part. But here's the thing. It hasn't made my life on the whole happier or better. Mm. It's just made me less annoyed at bad comments. Yeah. No, you have to ignore all bad comments and, and reviews and all that jazz. I mean, it's impossible not to read them sometimes. I got a bad review when I was in London last year. I was doing a stand-up gig, and uh, they sent a guy from the Times who I believe was the dance critic. Mm. And uh, <laughs> he hated my show because I'm a little bit lefty, right? And he just couldn't believe it. And actually impugned me. The dance me. critic couldn't believe it? Yeah, he was a, he was a right old fascist. And he, he didn't <laughs> – he couldn't believe that I, you know, supported poor people, that, that rich people weren't high on my list of people to honor in comedy. <laughs> and uh, he accused me of – because I was in – I did a voice in Star Wars, right? One, the, well, for someone who did a voice in Star Wars, how can he lay down the law about people being involved in corporate things? It was like, I did that 20 20 years ago yeah uh, doesn't matter yeah right and then he <laughs> then he goes he did a hilariously uh, misanthropic bit about ireland i have a routine about ireland how they're lazy and this and that and i said to my wife she showed me the review she wasn't afraid the, the, the one of the promoters was like don't show it to him oh darling don't show it to him he'll 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 panic and i'm like i i'm i'm old i, I i've read that i suck <laughs> yeah. balls before i've read every variation and uh i i read it and then i thought he liked the irish bit i go no i can't do that <laughs> Right. He just queered this for me. The one thing he liked, I know, is racist now. I thought it was mildly yeah. funny and gently racist. He thought it was hilariously misanthropic, which means he was like, finally, finally, we're getting to somewhere. Right, right. Now you're talking about those lazy bastards who I've never trusted. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there <laughs> are certain people who will only react to the ag- to the aggression, to use a word from yeah. just a moment before. So did you actually take it out or you just then uh, were suspicious of that bit? Uh, no, I haven't taken it out. When I went to Ireland, I did an epic, you know, mixed version of it because we were in Ireland and what better place to do it yeah. than to them. And of course, they, they liked it. Uh, but you, yeah, you know, someone will tweet and go like, you're boring or you're disappointing or whatever. And I just block them. You know? Yes, I do that too. Because then I don't have to deal anymore with their disappointment of me. And then I can move forward with the people who aren't disappointed in me. That's beautiful. Well, it's uh, like you say, it doesn't make me happier, but it makes me slightly less neurotic to yeah. worry about one more savage idiot, you know, sending stuff into the ether. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the line, like at what point to block them. Because there's certain people where I'm like, I can tell, like, if they were a dog, 
you could t- and you are Caesar Milan, you could just look at them and be <laughs> yeah, like, right. that's a poorly socialized dog. Yeah. And the average person would look at them and be like, I don't see why they're not no. doing anything aggressive. But you just know from their haunches, yeah. whatever haunches are on a dog. <laughs> and so I can, I'm beginning to sense, like I can tell you're, you're, yeah. you're about to do something that's going to piss me off, but you haven't done it yet. Yeah. Do, I, do I block ahead of time? I don't know. Preemptive blocking's a taffy. <laughs> I, I find that if, if it's vicious or personal or uh, a straight up diss, you, like you suck, your show sucks, you're not funny, then. Oh, yeah, that's that the gets end blocked. Of that. But what I'm saying is when they begin to dig in on political, yeah, yeah. political issues. Because yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, well, now you're not yet an asshole, but I can tell that this is not going to go well. I don't know. That is a toughie. I, I made a joke on Twitter a couple of years ago when, who was it? Glenn Beck had the, you know, white people are abused freedom rally that he had. Do you remember that thing? It was I like, blocked it. Well, uh, two years ago, he, he had one of Martin Luther King's relatives, like a crazy one, came mm-hmm. out and spoke. And it was all about how white people aren't getting enough rights. Okay. I, I didn't quite understand why. He had. Remember? And then did Colbert or, or John Stewart did a like a. Oh, the rally for reason. Yeah. Not, yeah. That, or whatever right. the, his yeah. was like, I were insane. And then. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I tweeted, uh, uh, dear Glenn Beck, um, uh, I defend your to to the death your right to say whatever you're going to say. Now shut up, you uninformed poltroon. <laughs> so, which I thought was a joke. I'm a yeah. stand-up comic. Clearly, right. I'm allowed to make political jokes. I got so many angry Glenn Beck tweets. Right, and my favorite one was because I said uninformed, uninformed. You're the uniformed one. <laughs> Right? All of a sudden, spelling and grammar came in. I'm the uniformed one. Well, no, no. I think you'll find I'm the uninformed one. Uh, so I just blocked all of them, pages of it, pages of it. Because I thought, those are all vicious and they were really personal and icky. And I thought, you, I get that I made fun of your guy and that's what hacked you off. But it was a joke. Uh, if you'll notice, the first part I also said I defended his right to say the stupid things he says. Because right. that's what we have to do. No, I feel like... <laughs> I. I don't – the people who send tweets like that are not actually considering the tweet. You know, no. it's just like uh, – it's just yeah, yeah, an, yeah. An, an angry kind of explosion. I actually have more to say about this because I recently just stepped into it on Twitter. But I'm going to save that for a segment we do later in the show called um, – oh, let's just give them a teaser. Let's not. OK. I'll tell you guys later. Well, no, we call it Hey, Go Fuck Yourself. But there's a special little thing we do. Um, OK. Let's talk about your podcast, Smartest Man in the World. Do you always record it live? I do. I have recorded one, I think, in the studio, but uh, all of them are live, yeah. It's amazing because you just get up there in front of a live audience and then you riff for over an hour, closer to two hours. Last week was two, which was just shocking. You were shocked at your own... Verbosity and, you know, viscosity. Mm. At one point, I was like, my wife was listening to it in the other room the other day, and I was like, you're driving me fucking crazy. And she went, it's your show. (laughs) (laughs) I go, how long is this fucking thing? (laughs) She started calling me... uh, uh, Fassbender made a movie in the 80s called Berlin Alexander Plots that was like 10 hours long. (laughs) She started calling it like Proops Alexander Plots. (laughs) I have to take breaks, dinner... Yeah, I get up and riff it. Uh, I'm doing one. I don't know when you're, when this podcast goes out, but I'm doing one on the 25th, which is Wednesday. I don't know if you'll go out by then. No, this will not be out by then. Okay. How did it go? Uh, it went good. Good. Uh, oh, yeah, you're doing with Point Break, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm showing a movie, which I did last month. I showed Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, and Buckaroo Banzai, unbeknownst to me, and this is how what a idiot I am. The preparation, right? As you know, is everything. Oh, yes. Uh, I had Boy no Scouts idea. Say that. How, yeah, so I'll be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, how long the movie was. It's two hours and 38 minutes or something like that. 
And I it's like longer than your podcast. Way longer. And everybody stayed till the bitter end. And then they answered. We did questions at the end. But I'm doing Point Break, which is a funner one. Or have done Point Break, which was a funner one. Yeah. <laughs> so how does it go? Do you? I get up and talk for a little while. And then I show the picture. And then we talk after. Okay. So you don't talk during. Oh, no. That's you don't Doug. Do the, the, right, that's Doug's thing. No, no. We're, we're very strict about that because um, Doug does it at that very theater at the okay. Cine Family. And I've done it with Doug there several times. And it's a, it's a fabulous show. It's, it's really, it's much funnier than mine. I have to admit, uh, because you know it's it's comic just cracking off during the movie, right. uh, and then uh, Hadrian, who runs the Senate family, or one of the guys who does, said, uh, "You're not going to interrupt, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, that's Doug's. I'll talk before." I love that he own, he owns all of interrupting movies. Well, that actually makes well, sense. I mean, Mystery Science Theater did it obviously a hundred yeah. years ago, and there was a God. There was a group in L.A. that used to do get up and do the movie. And when I was in high school, and I'm sure they still do, people used to get up and do Rocky Horror with yes. Rocky Horror. Yeah. Which, if there's, if that's like the ultimate form of interrupting, you're actually acting the movie out in costume and doing the bloody dialogue while the movie is playing. So, right. it's not like it hasn't been done. It's just that uh, I love doing Dugs, and I would never ever queer him on that one. Now, my understanding <laughs> is that you're the person who actually introduced one Doug Benson to pot. That's what he claims. I remember the weekend distinctly. He and I were on a summer cruise together just wearing the shortest of shorts. Mm-hmm. Would you say they were like, um, were they like dolphin shorts or even shorter? Culottes? That'd be longer. Culottes. Remember culottes? Culottes, wow. pedal pushers, knickers. There was an pedal array of pushers, short pants. Gaucho pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an array of, and I never Clam knew. Clam diggers. I never knew the difference. <laughs> Well, culottes are about there, right? Yeah, and I, culottes were more like bell bottoms Gaucho for your knees. kind of went to there, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The pedal pushers stop here. The clam oh. diggers like about there. Look, look those who are knows. Tight. Those are tight. Yeah. Okay. And the culottes are always bluffy. Yes. <laughs> yes, they def- you definitely want them to bluff over your calf. When I was in high school in the seventies, all the girls wore the gaucho pants for one semester, sometimes with clogs. Yeah, yeah. Or toe socks, which was... Uh, toe socks? Yeah, oh yeah. my Different God, colored those... toe socks, yeah. Wait, are those socks that you can wear flip-flops yes. in those socks? And you put your individual toes right. in each little They're toe They're like holder. those horrible five-finger Yes, that people things, wear now, those dog Except they're things. just one finger. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, we had those in the 70s. And then tatami sandals, which were the little, uh, uh, you know, bamboo ones mm-hmm. that preceded everybody wearing flip-flops, which right. in those days we just called flip-flops. Now they're all fancy in their shower shoes and there are a million different things. You know what I always wanted were, I don't know if they're Dr. Scholl's, but they were shoes that you bought at a drugstore and they came with the plastic thread held together. When I was a little kid, I always thought those were cool. It was like the, um, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was cork, maybe plastic, the sole, and then that strap that That had like a little bead thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are some hot shoes. Yeah, Yeah. the shoals. Okay, so, but really, the weekend and the shorts. Oh, the weekend that the pot was introduced. We were playing in uh, San Diego at the old improv. There was an improv on Garnet right at Pacific Beach, which was awesome because you were too. They put you in this little ratty condo, and it was maybe a block from the beach. So we would go to the beach every day and get high and goof around, and then we'd go get fish tacos. There was a little fish taco stand, and then the club was maybe two blocks the other way. And of course, you could eat and drink there, and there was an outdoor area, so it was like a fun. You know, we were young and stupid. Okay. Awesome what what were you going to say? There was a pause there. Well, we were, you know, as Doug said now, you're busy on the road because you got your phone with you and your computer with you, so you can't escape anybody at any point. In those days, once you were gone, you were gone. If right. they didn't know the number to the condo, you weren't talking to anybody. <laughs> uh, How did we live back then? It was great. Better, yeah. It was great. It was so much privacy, and you didn't have to share ideas on airplanes. And Oh, my God, what a great world. But anyway, um, uh, there were bad things, too. Uh, we were hanging out at the condo. 
and this is the kind of intellectual entertainment. We were watching MTV's Beach Party. You remember that mm-hmm. fine fucking show? Yes. Now, was that <laughs> Eric Nice? Yeah, I believe he was the host then. This was there was a lot of different lo- ones. There was right? a million different ones. Late eighties, they'd have comics come out, which was always hilarious. Yeah, and they, and they would just die on their ass. It'd be a bunch of like drunk frat people with bikini tops on and going woo, and then a guy would come out and go, you know, bathrooms are crazy, and people would be like <laughs> boo, and then like Lenny Kravitz would come out in a in a yeah. in a diaper and sing a song. Like it was a, a fabulous show, and. Um, we got we would get high and I don't think he'd gotten high. So I said, Hey, well, I'm holding, you know. So we got high like all day, every day for the whole and I remember him laying on the short on the couch, kicking his feet in the shorts at one point, laughing hysterically over something like, Let's go get a burrito and he was like, Yeah man and he like lost his shit. <laughs> and then we met these guys from Boston out on the beach and we did the show every night. I'll be damned if I can remember who the fucking headliner was. I wasn't headlining. This was you know, the forties. This was right after the war. Uh, he had just started. I mean, I, I knew Brian Posehn when he was an open micer. I knew Greg Barrett when he was an open micer. Uh, Dana Gould was an open micer. He was already a headliner when I met him. But he came to San Francisco in the 80s, too. So I've known a lot of these guys. A lot. Adam I've known a long time. Uh, you know, Jake Johansson and uh, lots of comedians. Uh, Kevin Pollock. You know, but I've known guys. You're well-connected. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just from San Francisco, so that's why I know them all. Right. Margaret, was a little, Margaret Cho was a little open micer when I first met her. Used to do, uh, what was her joke? I love that song, Vogue. I think every magazine should have a song. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. So, okay. I used See, to get high with Margaret, too, and on gigs and stuff. How often do you get high? Oh, now and again. When the sun's up, when the sun's down. Gotcha. When the wind is blowing. When you're happy, when you're sad. When the stars are aligned, yeah. When the stars are diffuse. When's the last time you weren't stoned? Mm, well, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That That's good. It didn't take a long... couple yeah. hours that was, I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, I'm sorry. All I saw was just purple landscape flowing underneath me, rocky, barren, with no place for me to find a cozy retreat. Right. And then later it was better. Okay. Yeah. Now, see, here's the thing that baffles me because I'm someone who if I smoke pot, um, I can't do anything. Right. How How can someone who is very lightning fast and hilarious still be that way when they're stoned? That's a very good question. Uh, one I should have considered before you asked. <laughs> I had never actually considered it. Well, uh, there's many comics uh, and artists, I think, uh, through time. Uh, Carl Sagan was a well-known pothead. Uh, Louis Armstrong was stoned all the time, and Louis Armstrong made, like, five million albums and did a billion shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe he could have made ten billion albums and done a bazillion, bazillion shows. I don't know how much more he could have done. There's, I know. There's some people that are druggy and, uh, well, like Frank Sinatra, he wasn't very stony, but he was manic depressive. And I think in his manic phases is when he made like the five million recordings he made. Mm-hmm. Like Frank Sinatra made an insane amount of recordings. Whereas Elvis kind of tailed off, right? He was too druggy. You know, like he took barbiturates, right. and I think Frank was more coke and booze. And I think then there I are certain people who are just good at it and certain ones who aren't. Right. The, the, it that, depends how it affects you, That obviously. was my question I was going to ask you by way of answering my question, which is uh, uh, your question, which was uh, how little can you do when you're high? Can you watch a movie? Can you cook a meal? Or are you simply reduced to sitting and staring? I mean, it's been a while since I smoked pot because I just don't enjoy it anymore. Right. But I could never retain what I read. Like, I always marveled at the people who could go to class stoned or who could write yeah. a paper stoned because I would sit there and read something and then be like, what? And then read it again. Right. And then, you know, I would get maybe – and I was probably always too stoned. The things I'm describing yeah. are, are indications that you've smoked too much. Um, I'm not familiar with that concept, but go on. <laughs> okay. 
I'm the same way. I'll read a page 15 times. But I do love reading history when I'm high. I'll read Roman history books and medieval history and for ages and ages. I mean, for you, do you find that it allows you to make different, better connections in in your head or like how does it how does it actually affect you well that's a good question my wife would say no that it doesn't improve me at all uh, and that i act slower and and lower on the uptake and my reflexes are sucky i would of course argue that i'm getting in touch with the muse (laughs) and that uh as as armstrong said it helps with the blues it's better than 50 whiskeys he said um i just think it it opens up a kind of a another area of uh of you know thought and discourse that i like and Sometimes when I can control it, like you say, when you're not too bloody high, uh, I can do a podcast and, and connect an amazing amount of things if I just go in a forward motion and try with every fiber of my will to keep the short-term memory intact and remember what I've, you know, you, improv is always walking backwards, so you have to remember what you passed. And that's, I think, when I'm at my best, I can connect something that I said 15 minutes ago, and that's the thing that astounds comedy fans. They love it. It, it is, it's a connection that everybody wants. When a guy does a callback at the end of the set, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you do it when you're scatting, it's even funnier. Uh, and at my best, that would be what I would promote for it. What, is it for everyone? No. Some people oughtn't get high at all because they're miserable or they're too high or they just gibber or they cry and they laugh at the same time their personality dissolves. I have buddies <laughs> who get high. I was with a buddy in, in Amsterdam. And uh, I'm leaving his name out. It's my new thing by not libeling everyone. I also said Frank Sinatra did coke and booze. I don't know that for a fact. I'd like to just amend that. Well, it might have been a different Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, it was a guy. Uh, you don't know him. He lived right. in my neighborhood. Franklin. Uh, yeah, Franklin. I, I don't think Frank Sinatra needed pot because he was manic, as I say. But uh, uh, And we were in Amsterdam and we were going to a gig. And we had a layover, so I, I led an expedition into town. Well, we met some other comics who were famous uh, weed smokers, and we went to a hash bar, and I was elected to go to the hash bar and buy because everyone was too nervous, even though it's legal there. So I bought uh, the Cannabis Cup winner, whatever that was, you know, silver crystal bloomage, you know, rabbit-tasting raspberry, you know, thing. And then uh, this hash that you could roll into a tube, right? It was so pliant and so moist. Uh, as opposed to the Lebanese blonde, which you cut off and is crunchy, mm. and it comes out in little flowery flakes, the, uh, the the Moroccan kind was soft, so you could lay it in a giant spliff and then roll it around it. So in the center of this insanely high weed was a, a stripe of hash. So after three or four hits, my friend starts going, "Damn, baby, you come in the house with these clothes on and sit on my purple velour couch." He goes into a black exploitation character and <laughs> does not come out of it for about 2 hours. What like a weird he'd side simply, effect. yeah, his brain. <laughs> at one point I saw him pick up the joint again and I went, "Ah!" and I I batted his hand because at that point he was like, "Well, I thought the lighting was paltry. I thought I looked ghoulish." You know, to begin with, you have to understand, you can't just come in and light me. Like, he would not fucking stop doing it. We get to the security. Now we're at the Shoalpool Airport. We've taken a cab back. I've told this story on another podcast. Where the cab driver went, were you smoking dope? And I went, yeah, we're American. And he stuck his head out the window. He opened his driver's side window and stuck his head out. And I made him give me all the change back, right? No tip. And I always tip, but like... You douchebag. You really did that to us because we smell like weed. Like, yeah. It was one in the afternoon in Amsterdam. We just came out of a dope bar and hailed you, you know. And the cabs in Amsterdam are awesome. They're all Mercedes. Beautiful white Mercedes. I didn't know that. They're fabulous. So that, you know, like they have great seats. And, right. Know. I bet they don't have those annoying little taxi TVs in the back. No, oh, God. Don't. Now, see, I, I mentioned always this turn before. Those off. I, that's the first thing I do is turn them off. Ugh. And yet, when you were a kid, wasn't the idea of 
being able to have a TV that you could watch in a car, like, that would be the best thing ever. Yeah, and now they have it in the in And it's the worst just, thing oh, ever. It's, it's awful. So distracting. In London, they have them in all the new cabs, and sometimes they won't go off. Like, you push it off, and then, boop, it comes back on. I know. And you're like, Argh! It's like as soon as you leave, as you, uh, as you lift your finger off the off thing, it thinks you hit on. Yeah. Yeah. How dare Chicky they? little things. I hate them. The ones in New York really drive you crazy. They really do. Yeah. Although yeah. They, a couple of years ago in New York, had, they had awesomely put in recordings in all the taxis when your receipt came out. Like, you know, it goes, uh-huh. and it would go, hi, I'm Whoopi Goldberg. I, I, I want you to enjoy New York. while you, Like, it was a testimony from all these different celebrities. Wait, was that after the, this is Elmo reminding you to buckle up. Remember yeah. they had all of those? Yes. Oh, my God. Never have Elmo speak to me. Yeah. I'm too old for Elmo to I chat. Know. I don't want directives from Elmo. <laughs> Please, Elmo, don't. Get off my right. dick, Elmo. <laughs> yeah. Go back to, does he live in a garbage can? No, Oscar does. Oh, he's the one who wants to be tickled, is it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. You know, I uh, once read that the different Sesame characters are supposed to have ages that their personality correspond to. So, like, Bert and Ernie are five or six, and right. I think Elmo is, like, three. I was going to say a he's a toddler, younger. Right? Yeah, he's younger. Because um, he's like, ah, ha, 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 you know, all that exactly. nonsense. So, your podcast, how, how do you just riff for two hours? Do you already know what direction you want to go, or how do you do this? Sometimes. My wife gives me lots of topics to talk about. She sends me news stories all the time. And I look at them and I go through them. And then do maybe- all wives do that? And if I become someone's wife, will I do that? Because I feel like I a lot so. of people send me emails that are forwarded, and it was their wives that sent it to them. Yeah, you will serve as the Library of Congress to your partner. Okay. In other words, I just want to know what's expected of me. If we like were married, say we'd been married. Mm-hmm. I've been married to my wife for a long time. Say we've been married. I would go, Allison. Um, remember that place we went to uh, in Denver, and it had a roof. And you'll go. Oh, the Red Lobster. The Red Lobster. So we went to the Red Lobster, and then we were with our friends, uh, our cousins. Um, Evan and Shirley. Evan and Shirley. But it wasn't Shirley's mom. It was the other one that time. Right. It was um, Karen. Karen came. Karen, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's what you'll do. You will, you will know everything that's ever happened. You will be the historian of the court. I, I say to my wife, and I have a good memory. I say to my wife all the time, well, you were, remember we went to the thing? And she goes, it was Spain. And I'm, oh, right. <laughs> right. That one. And then she sends – you will end up sending your husband things you think you should know. Yeah. So she sends me political stuff, articles, little quips, things she's written, quips with articles, clips. Is she a writer? Yeah, in, in a sense that she writes things to me that are hilarious. Oh, okay. I thought you meant she sends you articles that she's written. Well, she'll, she'll she write publishes a them small in email. piece. Right. She'll publish them to me. Uh, and then I'll go through those and they're usually amazing um, a couple of weeks ago, months ago, my mind is time is a many, yeah. many, it's many. It's a construct many, anyway, exactly. of course. Invented by the man to keep us down. Um, That's right. I, I did a I did a podcast maybe a couple months ago, and she sent me this article about um, the guy who wrote The Wizard of Oz because it was the anniversary of his birth or whatever. His name is Frank Baum, L. Frank Baum, and uh, he tried to do all these things. He was a you know he tried to sell stuff. He tried to be an actor, this and that. And at forty something. And he met this woman, Maud, Maud Baum. And Maud... Uh, that sounds like something you put on your lips. Exactly. Uh, her name wasn't Baum. Her mother was an insane feminist in the 19th century. 
And uh, he started writing The Wizard of Oz books at the very turn of the century, in 1900. And he was in his 40s. And he just did it out of pure, like, well, I've got to do something. And he wrote the first Wizard of Oz book. And it was a gigantic smash, right? And then he carried on writing, and he wrote, like, 14, 15 more. Even in his lifetime, they were making silent films of the Oz movies and stage shows. So he ended up insanely wealthy. At the beginning of the first book, it says, Frank Baum... In Coronado, I guess he was down in Coronado writing. The last book, which is from like 1915 or 16, it says Ozcott in Hollywood. <laughs> that's where he's signing off from. And there's a logo now, right? right? With the O with the Z in it, the slashy mm-hmm. Z that's in all the Oz movies Fancy. that you still see. And uh, all, his grandson's still alive. Like his family has his money. But in any case, he married this woman who was a feminist. And her mother was an even bigger feminist. So I read this insane article about her. And they were abolitionists during the war. And then I made up – because I was reading this article about abolition, there were the lyrics to the song. And so I pretended to know the song and I went, I'm an abolitionist and glory at the name. Like what would a 19th century <laughs> right. abolitionist song sound like? So I ended up doing that and that just came completely out of nowhere. And I think that's what you can get out of it if you just dive into a subject hard enough. And then I have one of these books, uh, one of his books called um, – I think it's The Marvelous Land of Oz. And in that one, Dorothy's not in it. A woman soldier tries to take over the Emerald City with a group of girl soldiers. But they're so pretty because it's written then. Mm -hmm. So there's a slightly patronizing element to it. But the Army of Oz consists of one guy. The guard who guards the gate at Oz is the army. They don't have an army, right? Like it's a fairy tale land. So I read that chapter as a chapter of proto-feminism from Frank Baum, right? Having created the greatest of all feminists, Dorothy, who on her own – Survives a magic land, right? And in the books, comes back and lives as a princess there, which is much more awesome than the movie. Yeah, where she just gets to go back to Kansas. Um, and the dog issue's not resolved, by the way. Right. When she I goes know. back at the end, Elvira Gulch is alive and will yeah. kill that dog. The sheriff is going to destroy Toto. So we're left with the horrible pile of Hollywood junk at the end of that one, whereas in the book, she goes home and she's going to be home before breakfast and she's glad. And then two books later, boom. Back in Oz. See, I didn't even know. I didn't even know where the story went. See, I read these when I was little. I don't want people to think at, in my 50s I'm sitting around reading the Oz books. However, the, the story of Frank – I thought maybe you were. The story of Frank Baum was so fascinating that, that his, the women in his life were so powerful and were so dedicated to their causes. Uh, she was for suffrage. She was for women's rights. Because she wanted women's rights for everybody, she broke off with like famous feminists like Susan B. Anthony and mm-hmm. Elizabeth Cady Stanton and whatnot. Like, and Lady Godiva. Yeah, Lady She's Godiva. She's a famous one, right? Yes, she was. <laughs> so that's, that's the kind interesting, of stuff though. I, it, and then he created a story where there's a this one man who is well, is he powerful or is he not powerful? The wizard. The wizard. No. He, he's not. Yeah. He's what they would call what we would call now a fraud. What they would call then a humbug. Humbug meaning oh, you're that's good. A mountain bag. Like they say in the movie, you're all you're all, you're just a humbug. Right. And he says, uh, what does he say? Uh, you're a bad man. He goes, I'm not a bad man. I'm just a, I'm a good man. I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Mm. <laughs> he has no magic powers. Right. But in Oz, there's magic. They, they, there's all kinds of weird – they're really wild books. If you ha- uh, they're great for kids. I mean they're, they're just violent enough and they're just strange enough and horses talk and lions talk and, you know. Well, I remember someone <laughs> who was this, this guy that I know who I think is sort of like the smartest man in the world in my group of friends in Orange County. But is someone who – He's read every single book, but he didn't go to college, and yeah. he works at some job where I don't even know what he does, but it's something very like there's no future in it, and it's not. He's not ambitious at all. He's a musician, but inc- there's no subject you could mention to him that he doesn't know yeah. everything about. The people like that fascinate me, um, 
And he was telling me one time what all what everything represents in the Wizard of Oz. Of course, I don't remember. Though. Oh, right. Well, but do you yeah. have a sense of what what everything what, like what is the story that he's really telling? I don't actually. I'd, I've never bothered to read into all We're the symbolism. Have to get my of dumb it. smart friend. In we here. are because it's a fascinating. Sam and Rushdie wrote a whole book about the, this very topic, which he may have read. Uh, and also, there's that whole Pink Floyd, you know, start yeah, the record, yeah. blah blah blah. Where you? I wasn't that blown away by that. No, it's it's kind of boring. Yeah. Talk about uh, 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 something that uh, stoners like that proves to be disappointing. In exactly. its execution. Like a, a pop brownie isn't disappointing. A pop brownie is more powerful than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those yeah. don't disappoint. If anything, caution. But stoners caution. disappoint. Stoners disappoint because they'll go, you should put the record on, man, and listen to it. And it's at the same time, and you're like, I liked watching the movie better yeah. and having a glass of wine. Exactly. Then I laughed a little. I cried. And there were songs I knew. And I could sing. And there's... But the thing about Frank Baum's books is, to end that horrible thing, is that it, his hero is a girl. And she's a smart girl and a resourceful girl. And then the Princess of Oz is her best friend. And she's also quite a resourceful girl. And uh, they're drawn in that awesome World War I style where they have little cloche hats and, you know, mm-hmm. that sometimes in silhouette, like little yes. silhouettes of them. Right. You know, and you and look at it like and that. you think, not a lot of warmth. No, no, it wasn't the warmth. Uh, I mean, that's the, that, how that illustration style strikes me. No, it's a, it's a bit formal. Uh, yes. But then girls had to wear bathing costumes then. Life was a bit formal back then, I, I think. Some parts and of that I bring back. And also black and white. Yeah, way more black and white. And, yeah. and, and, you know, women couldn't vote. So it was right. a different kind of world entirely. But uh, to answer your question about that, so I'll go in with that kind of material. I'll start to tell a story. I'll, if I find myself getting distracted by a tangent, I'll follow that tangent. And then hopefully it leads back to something funny that I can remember from before that I started on. So I end up telling stories about taking drugs in school or going to a musical, going to a concert or some, you know. Like when musicians die, Ronnie Montrose died, who wasn't a very famous musician, but he had a band in the 70s called Montrose that Sammy Hagar was in, was the singer of, and now Sammy Hagar's famous. And I saw him in high school, so I told the story of going to see him because I left before he came on, which made it a better story, right? <laughs> that is better, yes. going, I went to see Ronnie Montrose, he was really cool. I was like, no, we went to see ACDC, who were the, the middle act ACDC in 1978, and they had a sneaky cordless, uh, which nobody had cordless stuff then. Mm-hmm. In 1978, that kind of technology was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Be <laughs> like, if you saw a camera the, the size of cameras are now, then right. you'd have lost your shit. Yeah. Because cameras were this big, and a guy had to carry them on his back, and, and calculators were this big. I remember big. the yeah. first time, I, I very clearly <laughs> remember the first time I ever saw a small calculator, and I was like, mm. oh my God. I was yeah. very young, and I don't know who this guy was and why he was at our house, but he had a briefcase, and he pulled out a little calculator, and I was right. like, wow. Man, what have we come to? I Look know. at this. This is crazy. <laughs> the future is now, and I'm six or something. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and, and ACDC was rocking beyond all belief. And Bon Scott was the singer before he croaked, and he wore jeans and no shirt, and he carried Angus around on his shoulders through the crowd. Wow. And that was their big clothes. Or like, he disappeared from the stage, and we're all like, where's Angus? And then <laughs> he came through the cr- He appeared in the crowd. You could see Angus just headbanging, and Bon ran him through the whole fucking crowd, and we were like, this is the most awesome show ever. They close. Then, in a few moments... Montrose. I mean, you get Ronnie Montrose and Gamma, and we were like, well, that's about us. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him play once with Sammy Hagar somewhere. I was at a, another rock show and so on. But. Now that I'm old, though, even because I used to go see live music all the time. I used to play in a band, actually. Um, what band? 
Oh, you would not have heard of us. We were called the Angoras. Oh, I love the name. Thank you. Um, or, I mean, possibly. We, we did play around, um, but yeah, but I don't think you would have heard of us. But anyway, uh, what I was going to say is that at my old age now, even knowing that something awesome was about to happen, I would be okay with ducking out early. Yeah. You just get to a point yeah. where, I don't know. I want to sit. Yep. I don't want my ears to be blasted off beyond all smithereens. Thank you. I'd like to be able to hear tomorrow and not just hear, Mm -hmm. Mm because I'll get the tintinabulation, whatever they call it. Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Yeah. It just makes you, you know, go crazy. Yes. Uh, I like to be able to talk occasionally. Right. During a show, like make a comment, like that was weird that they did that. Yeah. And you don't want to have to get all like in the person's ear. And scream. And then have it be screamed into my ear. And I'm deaf anyway. We went and saw Licky Lee late last year, I think it was, who's this crazy uh, Norwegian or Swedish? Licky Lee? I don't know. L-I-K-K-E-L-A or L-I. And she's, you know, this little like Fiona Apple-sized girl from Scandinavia. And she sings in English. And it was good. Swedish. Swedish. We went to the Greek, which is I, – I, like, I hate the Hollywood Bowl. I mean mm-hmm. if you're listening and you work for the Hollywood Bowl, I, of, I, of course, would adore tickets. Uh, <laughs> oh, and if you're listening, I would like more tickets. I just went for the very first time the other day. Oh, you haven't been before? I, I hadn't been and I live in Hollywood. I live like really close to the bowl. Really? Yeah, but you know what? Who you go see? I saw Joshua Bell. How was um, that? It was really cool. You know what? It was cool. It took me a couple – and by that I mean longer than a couple minutes to like – adjust to this is a classical concert mm-hmm. and it is it's everything that we that we almost wish that those rock concerts were it's extremely quiet yeah. and i feel like the rustling of me trying to get comfortable in my little seat is <laughs> no one did that but i felt like they were going to yeah. like i looked at my phone it was on silent but i was huh. like am i even allowed to do this right. i think i am but i feel like the old lady whose perfume I can smell next to me is going to give me a dirty look. So I, it took me a little while to like get into the zone of being able to appreciate it. Um, but it, but it was cool. And now I'd like more tickets. Where were you? I was in, I was in the ter- on the terrace section. Oh, those are okay. Yeah. I, I, why have you been up in the? Really I've been awesome? way up back, which is bad. Oh, oh, the, you haven't been way up front. I've been way up front too. Uh, but not in the dinner table, dinner right. tables, but like the front, front, bef- right before that. Mm-hmm. But every time I've come and I've come late a couple times, I think we went to see uh, Femi Kuti, who's this uh, a Nigerian uh, star in his big juju band, right? The girls dancing in the whole enchilada horn section, right? right. He was quite ill. He had like malaria, but he did the gig anyway. So that's what you get with your African stars. They get malaria. <laughs> and uh, he's tremendous. But there was somebody sitting in that little, you know, like it's a four four seater box yes. I mean my wife and I pitch up with our food and you know right. yes that's how and, that's what happened with me right and these people had already spread out like oh. all over the box and I have to go like in your in your section yeah, of the box like I'm sitting here too you yeah. know and say and to they them should have known could you please move your stuff and they acted right. like I was being a dick and I was like I'm not a dick I'm allowed to come at 830 yeah move your cheese you know right and move your shit and don't give me this don't give me that oh like, fuck you. I paid yeah, my $85 them. or whatever. Yeah. It's a lot of money, you know? And and that's happened to me a couple of times there. Yes, I. That, the vibe I got. The vibe I got was, fuck you, a little bit. Right. Just a, it was a small fuck you, but it wasn't like, oh, my God. I, I just remember the best part, though. Sorry. Yeah. I, just, I, I look like I just got shocked or something. 
Let me see if I okay. There was, there was, I was quite a physical spasm. Yeah, there. because I remembered that as much as I didn't like the silent bitchy people in front of us, I also really didn't like the cultured people who had been to foreign countries and had to tell everyone about it. Oh god! And some of them had accents, um, and they all sounded like they studied art. And actually, that makes me sound like um, a philistine, but I, I, I enjoy educated people who are cultured. I. I sometimes think of myself as one of them, but these people bug the fuck out of me. Were they um, talking through the show? No, it was during the break, but they were just like they ran into their friends and they've really they've made a lot of friends at the Hollywood Bowl. And it's really become something special for them because they see the same people. Every, like, they were talking yeah. about this, but it was um, so they introduced their best friend who all of a sudden wandered up. And it was like J- Justice Ambrose. Oh, no, Justice Jill Ambrose and Monty. Oh my God! Yeah, and I wanted Monty. To t- Monty, Justice yeah, it's Jill. My proper name is Montgomery, but they call me right. Monty. Th- those were their friends, yeah, Justice, Justice Jill Ambrose and Monty. And I uh, wanted to Ambrose. tweet it, but I was afraid that I would get a tweet back right away, which yeah. is like, I'm right next to you, <laughs> you know. But anyway, that ha- Justice that and Ambrose. I know, and Monty. Aloysius, come here. Sebastian, <laughs> just come down with some artichoke hearts. <laughs> this remoulade is to die for. Yeah, absolutely to die for. <laughs> How's my cravat look? Oh, fabulous. Not since we were at the Comtesse's house have I seen you looking so And have you seen my pince nez? I'm probably mispronouncing (laughs) that. How do you pronounce that correct? Is that correct? Pince nez, yeah. It looks like you should have a more pinched pronunciation, actually. I know, know, because it's it's pinchine. No, it's pince nez. Okay. Pince nez are quite good. So anyway, you saw someone at the Greek. I saw Licky Lay. That's right. uh, The Greek's so relaxed. I mean... uh, they let you... Is it the better holiday, the better bowl? I think it's the secret funner bowl. There's drink. <laughs> there's bars outside in the yeah. outside area, so you don't have to be crammed into the arena. And then, like, you can go and smoke weed and smoke cigarettes, sort of out on the lawn, and nobody gets That's on. It's important ass. for a druggie like you, right? But 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 any human, like people, were just standing talking. Like, if you do that at the bowl, you know, you're not supposed to do anything anywhere ever. I mean, I saw the stones there. That's the vibe I got. Right. I thought it was just that it was a classical concert, but no, well, we're saying that. Right. The vibe. I mean, if you go to Reggae Sunsplash or something, I'm assuming they'll no, let you. I would never, ever do that. It's, right. it's still the vibe. I went and saw Blink-182 there like six months ago, and I was stunned by the lack of anyone doing anything. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. No one dancing even. No. No. Horrible. And security was everywhere and everywhere. all over people for nothing. Like, you know, they have those – I was in the cheap seat, so they have these benches. Right. And it's like if you get, a, if you get one fat guy in the middle and you're on the end, you could end up not really having – a section of the wood to sit but on. But at least the bench to won't tip over. In the aisle. But if you stand in the it's aisle, then the fucking security comes and yells at you. And it's right. like, what do you want me to do, man? Like, obviously, I have seat number one here. Here's my ticket. Like, go talk to the guy who ate too much McDonald's for right. the last 25 years. Who's taking up two seats in exactly. the middle. Exactly. Like, what the... F- yeah. And now, that's what I found. I mean, and that people don't, you know, the grabbiness of, like, that you got to the booth first, that doesn't mean it's your booth. It's, clearly, there's four seats. Well, actually, my tickets said one, and my boyfriend said two, but they were in number one and two. Yeah. Did you chuck them? No. Because I didn't know which was one, which was two, right. which was three, and which was four until I did can, some research after. And with all the security, and there's so many security guards there, the ushers will do nothing. They, they will not eject those people and move right. them over or, like, make them push off to the – I've done it before, but I don't like doing it. It's because no. it's like that's not what I'm there for. No. Who did I – we saw the Stones there a couple years ago, and I smoked a joint at that show, and no one fucking – you know, come on. It's the Stones and shit. Like Johnny Depp's and Jack Nicholson are in the front row on camera and shit. You know, it was one of those – 
totally Hollywood, you know. Right. And then the, the two guys next to us, we were sharing a little booth. Uh, we're from Boston, and they just flown in. And I gave them a J, and they were like, thank you so much. This is the best night of our lives, man. We can't. We didn't have any. I'm like, dude, 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 it's all good. Aww. We're all here at the Stones. so friendly. Have a glass of wine. You know, let's have some fun. Not, you can't bring wine yeah. into the thing. And do- Who stood up? Stop standing. And then at the Feel the Cootie show, a girl got up in front of our booth and did this dance. And I'm not fucking kidding. Like this. Trying to think how to describe this. I don't for even listeners. know. Yeah, just you're like, standing on. You look like a like a flamingo that has lost its balance. Just just doing this tea dance for like <laughs> ever. And I was like, I have to stand for this. You <laughs> yeah. come over to me. I can't smoke weed. I can't yell. I can't do anything. But this girl can do the idiot dance in front of me mm. and be a tea plane for a year. <laughs> well, I thought the Greek was you know it's mellower. Like I said, there's more bars and easier access, and it wasn't packed to the rafters. Licky Lee's popular, but she's not. You know. Joshua Bell at the Hollywood Bowl or right. whatever. It's not get, getting out of the bowl after it's over takes, what, a thousand years? It did take a while, Yeah, yes. it's pretty lengthy. But still, I would, I would love more tickets if they um, happen to Absolutely. be listening. So you did youth, <laughs> you did youth in government. Wow. Did you do youth in government? I did, but I, I did the first two um, powwows or whatever. Uh-huh. That's not what they're Camp called. Bob. Oh, my God. You went to Paso Robles, too? Of course I did. Oh, but I never made it to Sacramento because I got sick. But Aww. my sister was queen of youth and government, and she even w- – there's like another really? conference after all the conferences yeah. in North Carolina, and she went to that. The Do you guys, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. didn't go to that. Did yeah. you go to that, Gary? I didn't go to that. That was only for people who were like um, – like super gov- into it, like, gonna governor, be in politics. Like, like yeah, like yeah. the people who like won governor that year and who were like super into. You it. were in youth and government too. Yeah, absolutely. And what did you guys do? I I don't remember because I never got that far. Were you I never an got assembly that person? Or I was a, I was a page the first page, year yeah. because I heard that was the you know, most fun. I was going to say, you know what that means? And it was it was a lot of fun. We have to pressure people heels. in the I, in the broom closet. I did. There were a few <laughs> counselors who I had to grease to get that job. But uh, the second year I was a senator. And it was a lot of fun. Awesome. I got my legislation through, too. What, what was your bill? Yeah, what was your bill? It was to allow uh, window tinting on the front two windows of cars up to a certain percentage. Most states allow, like, up to uh, 35%, which is, like, still you can sort of see through it. And California bans it all. So I did this whole thing about how comparing to all the other states around California and the amount of sunlight that we get a year, how sure. it was beneficial to people's health and to the, um, you know, resale value of their car to protect the protect your skin and protect the interior of your car got Quite all the way right. through did you write that bill yeah i did wow congrats and what did you do how did you know that i was in it yeah that i was... can't remember where i found it i did on what on the podcasting i was in sacramento a couple weeks ago and i told a very long boring story about going oh, maybe that's that may have been i got busted I for then. smoking dope with all my friends so we got sent home at four in the morning so oh. i didn't finish my second oh no first year i was a reporter and i was on the on the journalism stuff uh, and I didn't actually do reporting. I, I did layout, which means I just did oh, nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I did. I, I, I did not hear this whole episode of your podcast, but yeah. I heard part of it. But it was reminding me of when I was on the high school newspaper. Yeah. So you would paste up yeah. the pages oh, oh, and totally, stuff? Yeah, totally. Full on. Yes. Like with, and there was some wax something or other you t- at you t- a certain t- point. You'd, you'd rub letters on, yes. like letter set letters onto paper, and then that would go through a machine that – you know, did it oh, off and everything. That reminds me of, and this will make sense to like a handful of people. There was a segment on Sesame Street where I think they lost their, not where the llama goes to the dentist, because that one was good too, but I think they lost <laughs> their dog and they made 
I want to say they were like mimeographs right. or something. Right. Um, uh, these flyers to put up around town saying that they had lost their dog. But you see them go and you see them like set the letters into a printing press or something. Really? Yeah. Movable type and everything. Yes. It, w- it was really – it really uh, fired off my imagination. Fired my imagination. Fired up my imagination. I don't know. I thought it was cool. Anyway, though – you um, don't use movable type anymore. No. Well, what you're talking about, though, sounds different than what – that sounds like an almost like a rubbing transfer ink kind of thing. That one was because that paper was uh, either mimeoed or dittoed. It wasn't dittoed. It was, it was Ditto, copied. Ditto, the purple thing. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it might have been mimeoed because uh, I wasn't the editor. The editor was another cat. I was pretty young that year. I was like 16. Because like we a, had like – on our paper, it was like you'd cut it with an X-Acto knife oh, and yeah. then like paste it yeah. onto the page. And then that had to be photographed and then yeah. printed. I was on my uh, high school paper, too. I was the movie critic for my high school paper in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, for the Don Carlos, because I went to San Carlos High. Right. I was also the editor of the Cub Edition, and I had no idea what to do, so I didn't do anything, really. And somehow it came apart, came together without me doing anything. That's good. And yeah. you were on the uh, yearbook as well, yes? I was on the yearbook, yeah. Uh, that was fun, because like I said on the show, wh- the one thing about being in journalism or yearbook was there was always lots of girls. It was that wasn't why I did it, but it made it funner. It wasn't a big dude thing. So you were a randy young student. Oh yeah, but I had a girlfriend in high school, so. But that doesn't mean you doesn't mean that you're not going to look. Oh, I was randy, yeah. Oh no, there was good looking chicks uh, at our school, and uh, well, I went to a little white high school, you know, and. Well, we had 1,600 students. That's pretty big, right? Yeah. Then we had uh, people bust in. Black people bust in from uh, East Palo Alto. And then we had riots at our school. Uh-huh. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, how did you feel about all of that? And why were there riots? Well, there were riots because uh, they agi- like <laughs> people couldn't deal with, at that age, all of a sudden integration. And then there were outside agitators, too, who came to kind of foment Who racism. were saying that, oh, yeah. so they wanted it to be separate. They didn't want the black people being driven in a bus from East Palo Alto 15 miles away up to our school. But it was a mandate in those days. So the day after the riots, things were a little shaky around the campus. There was police and whatnot. How? And I I met a black guy in the locker room and uh, we started chatting. and I didn't know him. And he said, you want to go get high? And I said, yeah, I got to go to work, but I'll, I'll drop you off. So we went out in my car and we got high and we, we traded weed symbolically and we listened to the radio and riffed. And as we were walking out together, one of the white cops stopped us and went, where are you guys going? Like a black guy and a white guy were walking mm-hmm. together and I went, uh, I'm going to work. And he went, and he's dropping me off. He's giving me a lift. And, and they let us go. But it was like, it was, you know, a difficult for a little white community like that to kind of deal, yeah. I think is what it was. I thought it was stupid as could be. Uh, and uh, I always thought... Uh, it, it made it more exciting to have all of a sudden uh, right. several hundred black people who were from a completely different milieu who didn't give a shit about, you know, the kind of white people stuff that we thought was important. Like in those days, you called people rah-rahs and uh, – Rah-rahs and hippies. No, yeah, rah-rahs yeah. and uh, – yeah, hippies. Burnouts. Right. My mom uh, went to Berkeley and at the time that she went, she said that that's exact language she uses. Either you were a rah-rah or a hippie. Yeah. And not was, in a good way. That was how the school was divided. I was also a drama fag because I was in the theater department too. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't really get to do anything for the first couple of years, you know, because I was too little and squeaky. Yeah. But then later, uh, and then we did the talent shows and all that jazz. But uh, I, I didn't, you know, high school's whatever. You Awful. have to go. But yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I don't like look back on high school like, God, those were the days. 
I think I'm really suspicious. I'm suspicious it. of people who do I feel am that too. way. Actually, I am too. Uh, if but, that was the best part of your life, then that's peaking too early. That's what opinion. I think too. <clears throat> yeah, you should be able to be in the world. For yeah, a while. but now you you didn't finish college. Is that right? I didn't finish high school. I. Yeah, I finished high school. I got a diploma. Uh, I didn't finish college, no. Okay. I didn't. Because college, were, those were good years for me. College is funner because, you're first of all, you're grown up and you can do a lot more things. Yes. And that part's exciting. And you don't live with your parents anymore, which I right. think is key to the issue. That, for me, it was, yes. As soon as you're out with nothing but kids. And yet the real world isn't really crashing down on you yeah. yet. And you're not yet aware that you're not important. No, right. You're important and you have independence and you... Uh, you're not scared about everything except getting your work done. Allison, I didn't finish my paper. Right. It's due on Tuesday. He's going to kill me. I'll oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you go get the cliff notes or whatever and get Although up at that, four in the morning. Although at the time, that actually does seem like a huge deal. Of course it is. Right. It's, you know, but, but it's manageable. It's the one responsibility you've been given, which is to actually do the assigned work. And, right. But you acted like it was like you were in the Marines. And yes. <laughs> right. How am I possibly? Yeah. I always felt like, how am I ever going to possibly get this done? I pulled all nighters all the time. Oh, yeah. Whereas once you get out, it's like, how am I going to get this done? If I don't get it done, n- it doesn't really matter except that my life is going to suck. Right. And it- maybe it's going to affect people right around me. But it's not this like cataclysmic thing that it feels like in college, which somehow makes everything feel better. And it's more responsibility now. You actually are making money and people are employed and all that jazz. But then it seemed like so important. Oh, my God, Mr. Gorelick's going to kill me, you know, and like you think, oh, I don't know. College was pretty weird, too. But I agree with you. People who think high school was the living end, it's like, eh. That's why I don't. The shows like Glee and junk like that, I'm like, I get it. But also those aren't for high school students. I don't think anyone in high school watches Glee. No, you're right. I think it's for eighth graders, right? Oh, I, I thought maybe it was for people who were looking back. Or people who are looking back. I don't back. know. Are you a Gleek, Gary? <laughs> oh, I you, know me, so. you know me too well. No, I'm bringing not. down the stoic wall to let you know how much I love Gleek. I'm did, also a believer. We did, are you, you're a, a Bieber believer? Yeah, yeah we, but you gotta, if, you're, if you're a true one, you're a believer. Wow. You don't need the both words. I guess you're right. I guess Come I'm not on. a true one yet. I guess I'll never get there on no. him. In never my high never. school. We did, I know. Don't believe her the point. Wow. Swing and a miss. I know. I shouldn't have, I should have not said that. We did uh, Gypsy uh, as a musical in my high school. And, uh, this is when you were a drama fag? Yeah. And we had a girl. I just was one of the boys, one of the uh, Tori Adorables or whatever they were. And uh, we had a girl who was very good who played uh, Gypsy Rosalie. And then we had a girl who was in high school who played Mama, right? Like you have to mm-hmm. have this part that's for a middle-aged woman. But she was kind of like an older – you know what I mean? Like there were people in high school who an acted like soul. they were – Yeah, like they were 45. Like yeah. she was kind of stern. And so she did Mama and she was really good. But the best part was we had all the women's gym teachers play the strippers. And they were off the deep end fucking funny. <laughs> and they were all – I've never met women's gay. gym teachers who are funny. They were gay. They weren't funny when they taught gym. Right. But when they put the fucking Roman outfit on and the thing. I guess I did, could see that. The house fucking came to the ground. <laughs> and then it was so popular when we did the talent show, they brought it back and just did it as a number at the end of the year. Just to see them get up there and do it was uh, – I remember that being very – that a does, wonderful yeah, warm moment in high that school. That does seem like it would be that. So, Greg Proops, I know that you have made the decision not to have kids, and I want to ask you about that. And I also want to ask you about having gotten married on Valentine's Day, which you already told me you didn't. But it's out there. But first, I need to tell everyone about something that Gary and I love, and I think you guys will love as well, and that is go to meeting with HD Faces from Citrix. So it's summer. You don't want to have to go into the office. You might be in the 
Caribbean. Caribbean? The How are Cri- we saying it? The Caribbean. The Caribbean. The Caribbean. That's right. Or you might just be in Palm Springs, or you might just be anywhere, or you might just be at your house. You're in your pajamas. Regardless, you have to have a meeting with your coworkers. You don't want to have to have everyone go to the office because by the time everyone gets to the office, it's fall. <laughs> it's just true. I mean, seriously, it's hard to coordinate with people during the summer. And that is why you need go to meeting with HD Phasics by Citrix because you can meet with them right on your computer or your iPad or your iPhone. You can hear them. You can see them crystal clear because it's HD. You can collaborate on documents. You can give other people control of your screen. You can chat uh, while you talk so that let's say I'm talking to Gary and then I need to and, and there's someone else. But I don't want that other person to know what I need to say to Gary. I just chat right at him you know or i could i could write an address or something and that could go to everyone and then they can all get that right there so what i'm saying is everything that you do in person you can do on your computer and you don't even have to leave the comfort of the hammock that you're currently drinking a mai tai in it actually is awesome it works super well for ipad too i was doing a meeting earlier today with some of the people from corolla digital and uh, i have an ipad at the moment and i signed on through that the HD faces works just as well through iPad. It's just as good looking. People go to screen sharing and everything just rearranges itself on the screen perfectly and it all looks very, very nice. And Allison's right. The chat feature is extremely convenient because it's uh, not only uh, can you send an instant message to everyone in the meeting, but you can do private ones, which ends up being much more useful than you would ever think. Work smarter this summer with GoToMeeting with HD Faces. My listeners can try it free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code Allison. Be sure to use the promo code Allison. That's A-L-I-S-O-N. Um, and as I've said before, they are tracking how many people sign up for the free trial. And by the way, you can meet, host as many meetings as you want with that free trial. They are tracking that through the promo code. Um, and then they will you know, see how well this show has done for them. So if you want this show to do well and you love listening to the show and you love things that I tell you to do, I'm telling you, go sign up for a free trial, won't you? Use promo code Allison. Also, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my site, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but that also helps the show. Okay, Greg Proops. Um, well, just because I mentioned it before, just real fast. Go on. No kids. No, none that I know of. But women, you know, sneaky. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> no, we never wanted kids, and uh, and we're happy. I, lo- you know, I have a good relationship. I've been with my wife a long time, and we're that bummer couple that's happy. Are you suggesting that people have kids when they need to spice up their relationship? I suggest that kids have uh, people have kids for a dazzling variety of poor reasons. That's <laughs> one of them. Uh, every once in a while, someone has kids for the right reasons. What are the right reasons? Uh, because you want them and you want to be involved in their life intimately and then you want to teach them a sense of independence and let them go. Not because you want to browbeat them I've into never, submission. That, that whole thing you just – wait, see yeah. that? I'm going to have to listen back to that because that is so right and yet it's so rare that you actually see it go yes. just like that. Yeah, they don't. Either they're, either they're not there at the beginning or they're too much there at the end. Yes. The parents are. Yeah. Or they lay a bunch of trips on you or they yes. make you feel guilty or, or whatever their parents did to them gets put on you. And then somehow you have to live through that. Or like you say, they're not there at all. Like we live in Hollywood. How many like parents are just gone? Right. Or the nanny raises them. Or, or, or you'll be on a plane and you'll see the nanny has got the baby. 
and the couple's up here. And sometimes the nanny's in economy with the kid. And or in their overhead cabin. Right. I mean, you just go, I, I just, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone farming out their children because raising them is very difficult. But I think sometimes people farm out every element of raising their children. Like, as my friend said to me once about Elizabeth Taylor, she turned around and went, oh, darling, you're in high school. <laughs> How marvelous for you. Wait, did, did... <laughs> Did, were were a number of trips laid on you? They were certainly laid on me. I mean, oh, I love my parents, but yeah, holy exactly. moly. Uh, I think everybody's sentence starts with I love my parents, but. Yeah. Except hilariously in Orange County. I remember uh, I was playing in Irvine a couple years ago, and I was doing this one joke where I go, uh, they asked me to do a Christmas story. And I go, you know, Christmas. Uh, fuck you, fuck you. You put cinnamon on it. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> you know, Christmas. <laughs> and the crowd there, mm-mm. The Orange County crowd would not have it that there yeah. was such a thing as dysfunction. Right. And, and then I quoted a poet named Philip Larkin who said, well, they, they don't fuck do you up, your mom and dad. <laughs> they don't mean to, but they do. And when I said it to them, I go, you know, like the poet said, they fuck you up, your mom and dad. They don't mean to, but they do. Silence. Then did they call you a drama fag? Exactly. It was like, yeah. So I grew up in Orange County. Right. But that's why I'm so, saying it to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, they, they don't wouldn't have it. They don't do um, angst. Mm-mm. And they don't do anything. Well, Gary grew up in Orange County as well. There's not a lot of sign. If it's a they sign of weakness or no. analytic or being analytical or no. introspective or any of that, it's just kind of off the table. Right. You can have fun. You can be good looking. You can work out and improve yourself physically all you like. You can be groomed beyond every mm-hmm. measure of device that man has made to groom you. But thinking of something critically, like maybe when the president says this, it could mean this, or the repercussions of what the government might do aren't what the news tells you. Those things aren't not at the front in, in Orange County for me. Right. And admitting that your childhood is a fucking deeply disturbing, windy fucking forest to go through. It is not a smooth sailing boat where you end up, you know, you're just, hey, everybody, look at me. I succeeded. <laughs> no, there's like so many pitfalls and so much travail. Yeah. And I'm not singling myself out. I'm saying everyone. And that's why I don't buy it when an entire crowd of 300 people shuts me down when I say Christmas is traumatic. It's like a shared delusion. It it's is weird. a shared delusion. So I wouldn't say they were hard on me, harder than anyone else's parents. They had their own faults and they had their own gig and, you know. And yet they want to laugh. No, I'm talking about that audience. Oh, no. The audience is it, it, wildly intelligent. They get a lot of jokes. Uh, I, I think they're uh, a, a, a majorly white collar. One of the most white collar crowds you'll play to. There are very few physical laborers in the audience yeah. in Orange County. Almost everyone's been to at least high school, if not a degree, which is what makes not being analytical even more amusing to me. That they'll still resist. Yeah. I got a great looking wife with blonde hair. I'm 45. I got a giant fucking car in the lot. Mm. Uh, I got enough money to do what I want. I probably got a crib in Hawaii, too. I get to go to Hawaii two, three times. It's the only place, too, where. It's my second wife and her third nose. Exactly. I do Hawaii jokes. I have a bunch of jokes about Hawaii. Now, when you do Hawaii jokes in Chicago, five people have been. When you do Hawaii jokes in New York, two people have been. When you do Hawaii jokes in Orange County, every single person in that room has spent a great deal of their upbringing yeah. on vacation in of Hawaii. Course. Which island? Uh, exactly. K- Kauai, Maui. Right. It's which <laughs> island. And if it's Oahu, then like, oh, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. your, your parents might have a condo on Kauai or even Lanai if it's getting crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like nobody spent their time in Honolulu. That's mm-hmm. for tourists, not mm-hmm. for people from Orange County. Yep. 
I miss that place. <laughs> okay. So all my Hawaii jokes always kill there, which I always love because right. <laughs> I shouldn't, don't have to ask. I'll go, uh, they don't call it uh, methamphetamine in Hawaii. And before you can finish, everyone's going, ice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough if you're someone who's sensitive and feels things or thinks about things. They don't but embrace that. That's what I, I wonder about that, you growing up there. You're sensitive and you embrace things. You have feelings. I grew up in a little white suburb. For me, it was constricting. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it uh, Tom Sawyer. I didn't want to paint white picket fences no, and nor have did I. pigtails and run my run a stick down a fence and you know kick a ball around. Yeah. And I thought, mm, you're crushing my mind. I want to <laughs> leave. I want to go to San Francisco. I want to be around artistic types. Uh, I don't want uh, gays and blacks and women demonized all the time. I don't find that instructive or useful. Yeah. I'd rather live in the other world where no one gives a shit about that. Yeah. And you can find that as soon as you get to a big city and there's honking and Chinese food. Yeah. That often accompanies I would like to be in a place where when we read Catcher in the Rye in school, one of the cheerleaders doesn't say, Holden is two negs on life. Really? That's Mm, happened at your school? Yes, I mentioned that. He's two negs. I mentioned that on the last podcast as well because it kind of like floored me. Two nags on life. He's two nags on life. It's a, my wife tells a story about when she studied in high school, someone going, he's crazy. You know, like Holden Caulfield. Yeah. And they're like, hey. That's not the point. Insensitive the fascist child in yeah, the class. I know. How about relating to right. him because he's going through an emotional. Hey, Hitler Jugend. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, and yet plenty of my friends now, um, <coughs> plenty of my friends live in Orange County and it's actually, but see, they're from the other side of the bay. They're from like the less yeah. Tony part of it. Um, they're all like really nice, smart, you know, open feeling people. Yeah. So they live there and it's not as white as anyone thinks it yeah. was 20 years ago, but they're, everything we're saying about it is there is a pocket. Always. There is a bit that's like that. So I think people want to go to Dave and Buster's and just have a good time. Right? What's wrong with just having a good time? Nothing. You know? <laughs> I Don't think get your nags. I would, I would never, it might be time to do some just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Bubba Joe Whoopass says, whenever I dice onions or tomatoes or cut my kids' sandwiches in half, I always use the largest butcher knife we have. And I like this one because I have a, a nice chef's knife that's by that brand that makes really Westhoff or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a really nice in the knife. Block. It's not in a block. Oh. It's just in a drawer. I wish I had a block. But I never ever use it because I'm like it's too much knife. Instead, I do that thing where I use a knife that's too small or too weak to try to cut things even and then in my head I think it's supposed to be more dangerous to use a knife that's not too sharp. I don't know why I never use the good knife. I'm the opposite of Bubba Joe Whoopass. You need to get a William Sonoma or whatever and mm-hmm. get a block so okay. that it's right there. So it's there right the there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do, what do, you, do you use your good knives? I do because uh, like my wife will make a chicken or, 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 or uh, something that needs cutting. Mm, right? I'll, I'll make a, a steak on the grill or whatever and I'll get that big serrated fucker. Yeah, even though I'm hot, drunk fun. and high, and I'll yeah. get up there and fucking you be careful, goddamn it! No, yeah. shut up, you know, and then ah, and then it's okay. You know what always strikes me as dangerous: the electric 
turkey cutting because that's, like a, that's what like a cut very the cord? it's a very oh yeah i didn't even think about that yeah. it's a very small chainsaw is what it looks like to me terrible i remember those and yeah. the noise they make the yeah, noise. yeah and you can't hold them still they just bounce up and down oh no my aunt would take it out and i'd be terrified yeah. and then it also doesn't cut straight it cuts right into the turkey and then right. you like get these weird divity slices yeah no no okay uh let's see Butler Tay says, no matter how sure I am in my meal selection, I can never order it from memory and have to read it aloud from the menu. I always do that. Really? You read it aloud from the menu? Well, I refer back to the menu as I'm ordering and I kind of, maybe I glance a couple times. Is it at a nice place? And when I say nice, I mean above Red Lobster level or yes. everywhere? No, like Denny's. You... No, I think it's at a, play, a nice place and possibly yeah. there's a couple words that are in another language. Yeah. And so even though I know, I, I doubt myself suddenly when the server comes right. around. I'll, I'll definitely look back for the wine because I want to pronounce it right or whatever. And not, yeah. Or just bail entirely and go, I'll have bottle 316. Do they usually know what that is? Sometimes they have numbers on the wine Because list. I find that when you order by number at a place that has order by number – they never know what it is. No. That's the danger of ordering by the number. Right, exactly. All right. Brian David. But wait a second. Okay. Uh, in that case, and I I don't order wine very much, but my parents do, so when I'm out with them, this will happen from time to time, where my dad will order from the number, and then the waiter doesn't know. Wouldn't the proper thing to be to take the list away and then look up what, what 218 is? But the fucker always is like, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is, sir. And, like, expects my dad to open it back up and yeah. be like, oh, it's the Cambridge yeah. Cross-reference yourself, Dan. Do your yeah. fucking job, yeah. asshole. Go to the cellar. I There's s- a manager there. Go show the manager the list and go, he wants 315 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, I just handed you back a piece of paper that yeah. has 315 and a name next to it. Right. You can't. You're the wait person. That includes waiting on me, not making me go back and pronounce the wine. I, that happened recently. And a- after the guy walked away, I said, God, he should have just done that himself. And my mom was like, my mom basically reacted like I was a monster. She's like, well, why, why are you being such an asshole? I'm oh, like, really? I don't, I'm not oh, being an asshole. Oh, your mom and I but... should go to lunch together and never get good service because I am also the person who always takes the server's side in something like this right. yeah. because, because my dad, not anymore because he's mellowed out, but he used to be the kind of person who would like had no problem being an asshole too. Oh, I hate that. I hate that too. Yeah, it's I so uncomfortable. So I grew up always identifying with them. Is that a deal breaker on a date? You date guys? Yeah. I do. Single? I uh, well, I'm in a relationship oh, now. Okay. But when um, you dated, when I dated, uh, that was a deal breaker. Actually, yeah. there's I didn't, but not because I. It wasn't a conscious like this person treated that person poorly, and I don't want to be around that. I mean, and therefore that's not going to go anywhere. It was a a visceral like mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so not attracted to you anymore. Right. And I actually, I another thing that I remembered um, with a, an ex boyfriend, we used to work together. And when we were friends and we were attracted to each other, but I had just gotten out of a relationship and I didn't want to get back into one at the at that point. Um, so we were just friends, but it was kind of clear that there was something, be, you know, developing between us. But I was sitting at my desk and there was a partition, you know, to my right. And then the, his desk was in the bank of desks over on the other side. And I heard him slam down the phone, like, so that, the, so that it made a, that sound mm-hmm. that phones will make. Zing. Yeah. And then be like, oh, like... No fucking way, and then get up and march somewhere, and probably to have some argument with an editor or something. But I remember that it like struck me so much that I mentioned it to my therapist at the time, mm-hmm. and then you know later when when I was talking about something involving the relationship, like it was beginning to the relationship was not going well at that point, and I remember she brought it up. She's like, I always think back to that. I'm like, I always think back to that. Yeah. Uh, um, my point being, 
in early dating, being an asshole to someone or just exploding at something <sighs> is super unattractive to me. It's unattractive well into the relationship as well. Yeah. yeah. Controlling your emotions is a very important part of being a grown-up. Yes, especially if the emotion is anger. Yeah, and men feel pretty free with exercising their anger at any given point. Yeah, I'm pretty afraid of shows of anger. I, I think I err too much on the side of being afraid of it. I don't know what the appropriate uh, tolerance for it is. Well, yeah, it's toughy. And men, and I do it too. I'm terrible about it sometimes. And my wife will just go, that's completely fucking unacceptable, you know, that you're, that, that you're acting that way. Do you really think that's fun for anyone? Like in public, you'll well, no, it? no, no. At home, at home, I, I've, I've stopped. I've had a little anger issues over the years, and I've yelled at people before, but I don't like it, and I don't think it accomplishes anything. And it's the thing I hate the most. I dislike being yelled at more than anything else. It makes me, me too. so I, I won't do it with other, excuse me, people, because I feel like it gets the worst reaction you could possibly. As opposed to enforcing discipline, to me, it just creates a fucking rebel core. Everyone's yeah. just waiting for the moment you fall over and your larynx is punctured because you yell at them all the time. Yeah. I worked with I worked with people in show business that yelled and I just tolerated it. And everyone thought, well, why didn't you yell back at them? And I thought, because then it creates a yelling match every week. And I finally dealt with it and then they stopped yelling. But it was like. So what happens when someone yells at you, though? What's your reaction to that? A fury. Fury. Yeah. And I actually and it's happened to me a couple times. See red where they say you see red. You like, actually do. Yeah. Just full on, all I can see is red. Like a red tint over everything? Yeah, or... like a giant red wash. Wow. And your blood is just pounding through my ears. And I think... I, oh, that, I is, that is actually why you see it, right? Because right. the blood it's is... Yeah. Blood, grrr, like that. And then I have to go calm down. I mean, you know, occasionally I'll do a gig and everything won't be what it's supposed to be. It happened to me last year. I was at a gig in Austin, Texas. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I had to go outside and calm my shit down. That's and, good you did, though. Well, it was either that or unload on these fucking, you know, 20-somethings yeah. who were just trying to do this thing. And they were just shitty at it. And, and I almost got to the point where I, you know... If I start to raise the voice and you cocksucker comes out of my mouth, then that's bad, right? I think Who so. Who would do anything for you after that? Right. Well, you'd be surprised how many people get a lot by being jerks. But I just think it's ultimate. But it's only because it's under duress that you're getting stuff at that point, you know? Yeah, they'll do it just to shut you up. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, I have a reaction of like, you cannot talk to me that way. Inside, mm -hmm. I think that like it's it's a it's a very quick reaction, and then I just kind of shut down. Um, My dad was yelling. Yeah, I same. Didn't, uh, I didn't dig it. It no. didn't work with me. It didn't work, and I thought he created more aggression with it all the time. And I always wonder. I, I was always surprised that my mom let him yell at her the way he did yeah. because I have zero like. I yeah. will be out of a relationship right. so fast it'll make your head spin, right, right, especially right. you if we were in a relationship, right. you know, um, because I just I can't it, it I can't have someone yell at me. No. Freaks, freaks me the no, fuck it's out. Horrible. It's so. horrible. All right. Uh, Mr. Buttermaker says when buying a greeting card, I always choose a different envelope. I don't do that. But this has opened up a world of uh, now trading envelopes. You mean a different – That's uh, what I wondered. The one that doesn't go to the card or – it has to fit. I mean I assume that's what he means. Huh. I feel like he's that's, – that's, Like he picks a red when it's a white? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. You're, you might be messing with the card envelope order by doing that. And therefore the fabric of the universe. You saw that movie with Ashton Kutcher with the butterfly and whatnot. You can change the butterfly whole future of mankind. And his yeah. name is Mr. Butterfinger. It's getting weird. Yeah, that was freaky. 
I also saw Dude, Where's My Car, which had nothing to do with cards, but I enjoyed it. Ashton Kutcher was I watched in that. part of it, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. This will be the last Just Me or Everyone. Uh, I plan my tweets ahead of time while I'm in the shower or driving. Oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, for goodness sakes. Do you, you do, do that? Too? Well, no. plan is too strong. Muse about, yes. Yeah. I'll consider. You don't? I, I do. do a lot of my correspondence in my head in the shower. I, 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 I plan the tweets because I don't want any of the tweets to just be reactive, stupid stuff. Oh, and I that's hate, good. It's good control. Yeah, I hate the uh, – the one thing that people do all the time, of course, is my dad's got leukemia or whatever. Will you please retreat? Or my dog's dying. Will you please retreat? And it's like, no, I'm not going to. That's not what I'm here for. Then you go I on have, their Twitter and I you was, see yeah. that they've done it to every single human on earth. And you think, well, how about having a private life? And then I look at that and I think they've done this to every single human on earth, but I'm the one who retweeted. <laughs> I'll write them sometimes. Every now I'll and I'll DM yeah. them and say, I'm very sorry to hear about your father. No, you are not getting a retweet. It's actually very t- – <laughs> it's tough actually because I always feel like a jerk when I don't. But right. it's like I get so many requests for those that if I do it, I, I feel like I have to do all of them. And some people are lying. Let's be honest, Allison. Yeah. Most people are sincere, but some people are fruitopian fame whores, and they want any kind of attention. That's what – I always think that, and then I think, oh, I'm an awful – well, I don't think I'm an awful person. I'm just, I, just, I just think I'm just trying to justify that I won't retweet. Well, we don't have to. That's not what we're for. That's we're, right. We're, we're in the comedy business, podcasters. We're entertainers. Thank you. We, we're, it's not – retweet the hospital. Have them retweet it. <laughs> Damn straight. Well, you know, or it's my birthday. Can I get a retweet? Yeah, no. no. Every I send now you and then birthday. I do that one. I, I'll send happy birthday to everyone that wants a birthday thing, but I'm not retweeting. Do you, do you want to know, in all honesty, why I do it every now and again? So that other people will be like, she's so nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that you'll get the, the appropriate people will think you have feelings and stuff? Yeah. Just to be like, oh, she says she's your new best friend. She really is. Yeah. But oh, what I they don't see people. is that then a lot of people are like, can I get one? Can I get, can yeah, one? Can yeah, I get yeah. one? And I'm like, no, I did my birthday retweet quota of the month. Yeah. So, yeah. You can't do everything. No. But speaking of Twitter, uh, I believe we ha- it's time for a quick segment that involves people fucking themselves. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. So this is a segment, Greg, where I let people know that they need to fuck themselves to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, usually comments and things like that. But because I went on my last hate binge a couple weeks ago, which is where I read the message boards, felt bad, and then stopped. Oh, yeah. I stopped doing it. I haven't been back there. Uh, it's been tougher for me to find material. But earlier today – so, you know, we've been talking about uh, the Aurora, Colorado situation on the Adam Carolla show. And both he and I were wondering why can't they just ban assault weapons uh-huh. on a recent show. And um, uh, I – I'm just trying to think how to how to yeah, explain this. So I don't really need to go into too many details. I Earlier today – and I don't know what compelled me to do this. I suspect it was something not – it was because I kind of knew I was going to get some shit if I did this. But I retweeted a Piers Morgan tweet because mm-hmm. he was like, question, why Why does an American need an assault weapon with, you know, 100 round, blah, 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 blah. Answer, they don't ban them. And I actually I really like – I like how – have you been watching Piers Morgan? I like mm-hmm. how he's been handling this. And I just – I think he's – a lot of people give him a lot of shit, but I think he's a pretty good interviewer. Um, and in gen- – you know, I'm sure that I have problems. It's not like 100 percent. I love everything. But in general, I'm – I'm a Piers Morgan fan, uh, and I like watching him. So 
I retweeted that, like I said, kind of knowing. And so, of course, I've been getting a, a whole bunch of shit. Um, but even before that, I was getting some shit for what I said on the show last night, which really was nothing different than what Adam said. And from Adam fans, he's not getting the shit. So for that alone, actually, the fact that I'm getting the shit and he's not getting the shit from his fans, I would say, go fuck yourself. Hey, which is also, hey, go fuck yourself. Hey, hey. But I am also getting a lot of uh, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And if you're saying that guns kill people, then that also means spoons make make fat people fat and cars cause drunk driving. Yeah. That convoluted logic. Right. So are you that stupid and are you missing the point that much or are you trying to confound me with your retarded logic? Because here's the thing. I mistakenly dated a gun nut many years ago, and I he had an AK-47, and he, like, pulled it out of his gun locker to show me, and I was all of a sudden very, very scared. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know you that well. I've seen Mother May I Sleep With Danger. I don't think this is going to – this is – like, when you're on a date with someone that you don't know that well, and they pull out their gun yeah. in their tiny bunker, yeah. like, that, things yeah. might get scary quickly. Yeah. So I'm, like, dancing around the room, like, trying to keep him between the gun and me. Yeah. And he's like, look at you. You're so scared. You won't even touch it. Like, because he, he's like, do you want to hold it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. no, not at all. Um, he's like, you won't even touch it. It's just a tool, like a screwdriver. And I was like, screwdrivers can't accidentally kill people. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's like saying cigarettes don't kill people and lead paint doesn't poison people right. and salmonella doesn't poison. Like, yeah. yes, the person is the agent in all, involved in all of this, but guns do, uh, I mean, it, it, they're making a semantic argument. Yeah, they are. Well, it's like and saying the bullets to kill people. Yeah. It's not the guns. The bu- what is it? Well, right. she's saying well, the, the, the guns the bullets, just make them go real fast. But is it the bullets or is it the gunpowder? Yeah. I mean, how far are we going to take this? Well, the, they don't want any responsibility for that. The Second Amendment has allowed people to have all the guns they want. There's no getting rid of all guns. We know that because there's too many bloody guns. Yeah. But when someone goes in with an automatic assault rifle kind of thing, we know that's too much. No one yes. really needs them, even no if you're a collector, right. blah, 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 blah. And if they're going to ban smoking and if they're going to ban giant soda pops and if they're going to ban every other manner of civil rights in this country and if they're going to rub my genitalia when I get on a plane and take an x-ray picture of it and irradiate me every goddamn time I go on, then they can ban fucking assault rifles too. Yes. And Take it like a man and shut up and, you know. A couple things about that. I agree a madman is – because someone was like, he knows how to build bombs. You really think if these were banned, he wouldn't have found a way to kill people? No, he would have. You know, Maybe. and yes, he bought even all that if stuff gu- recently, though, he bought it recently and he bought it legally. Yeah. And even if the guns are illegal, yeah, he's still going to find a way. People are still going to find yeah. a way. But I just don't see in any – uh, real world scenario why someone needs to have an assault like why why make it so easy to get them that's all I'm saying and yes the gun let's, lobby is enormously powerful after Gabriel Giffords you right. thought things would have changed a member of Congress right. no and let's talk about the mental illness let's not make it all about guns but let's also talk about guns that's yeah. what I would say about that you know because everyone because for as much debate about the actual issues there's this side debate about what we should be debating Right. So I say, let's just talk about all of it. Yeah. So people who are making this stupid spoon argument, hey, go fuck yourself. Hey, 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 go, go fuck yourself. I usually feel better after that. Yeah. Do you need to tell yeah. anyone to fuck themselves? No well, pressure. I don't have a lot of anger boiling up inside me. Normally I do. 
It's but, funny uh, that I just did that after all my like. I can't stand when people yell. I know that was great. <laughs> it's the irony. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really. I, I mean, the one thing that hacks me off in this town, and uh, and of course, in the, by this town, I mean Lower California, mm. is that uh, people drive with an insane heedlessness here that I don't see anywhere else I go ever, even in New York City or, or London or, or Rome. You know that if you go to a foreign country, things are going to be crazy on the road, especially in a city. But you come to Los Angeles and people pass you on the right. People don't stop at stop signs. People pop out here. If I'm trying to pull out of my driveway to leave my home, people will speed up to keep me from pulling out of my driveway. <laughs> and it's like then they have to stop at the end of my street where everyone has to stop because yeah. there's a light. So what you've done is gone an extra hundred yards. You know what I mean? Like. I would uh, I would say to everyone who passes me on the ride in their white fucking Tahoe going up Crescent Heights <laughs> and endangers my fucking life, and the people who take up two fucking spaces yeah. at the supermarket because they're so afraid their fucking little car is gonna uh, get scratched, I would say go fuck yourself. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And one more thing, a Chevy Tahoe is not a compact. No. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. <sighs> Glad we got all of that off our chests. Sometimes I like to give the TS a little little extra. (laughs) Um, Well, Greg Proops. So I do it with PS. Yeah, Yeah, it's very fun. Alice. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing my show. What a pleasure. Where uh, can people find you? GregProops.com. Twitter at at GregProops. Um, proopcast.com excuse me <clears throat> that's where your podcast is uh, you can go to gregproops.com or proopcast.com you know how okay. people are they don't like to click more than once they get confused and stuff it's so. a little much yeah Yeah. so it says on proopcast.com iTunes and RSS feed that's where you get them it's free or you can just go to iTunes if you want and download the smartest man in the world it's free to download if you go to gregproops.com you'll see all the dates I'm playing and I'm all over I'm back in Los Angeles then I'm in um I'm in Edinburgh for the festival there next month. Uh, I'm in San Francisco in a couple weeks' time. So I know you you're have all over. People everywhere, yeah. That's right. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A R I Y N B F. You can uh, email us A R I Y N B F. That's Allison Rosen, is your best friend. At AdamCarolla.com. You can follow Gary on Twitter at G Patrick Smith. Um, and I love you. And I, oh, come see us live August 9th at Nerd Mount with Pete Holmes and musician Michael Rosas. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Show. Yeah.
This is Corolla Digital.